Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 630 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A. On Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you. Along with Brendan Escott on Oilers Now, the second hour of Oilers Now, brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. We wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour, Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. We'll have our Oilers Now prospect report for Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. Today we'll look at Jesper Wallstadt, the big Swedish goaltender. We'll get to this day in Oilers history. Not surprisingly, it involves a game in the Stanley Cup final. And we'll have Edmonton sporting icon George LaRock. You can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line 7804960063. Ashley Fine Floors providing winning results for over 35 years. And we'll tell you that guests in the show receive your certificates to Japanese Village. Now open for takeout orders. Full details at jvedmonton.ca. Without further ado, off to the River Cree Resort Casino 4. Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. Our Canadian Power Pack, Kevin Weeks from the NHL Network. Hello, Kevin. How are you doing? I'm good, stuff. How are you doing, buddy? How's everything going? Well, you know what? Uh, it's a best of seven, not a best of one. Um, you know, we here's the thing. The Oilers obviously have not been an overly successful franchise for uh, the last two decades. That's a given. Uh, some of our fan base doesn't want to, you know, the Oilers were in second place last year, Kevin, at the time of the pause, 71 games in the year. They were going to make the playoffs. There has been a step forward. And so there, you know, some out there are immediate naysayers after a game like last night. And others are like, well, wait a sec here. My experience in hockey suggests it is a best of seven, not a best of one. That said, you do want to get the jump in uh, the series. How would you assess what happened last night? And if you're an Oilers fan, how concerned do you think they should be? Well, I mean... <laughs> Listen, I have to say that coming into the series, we knew that both goalies have been playing well, especially Mike Smith is having an outstanding year. Connor Hellebuck's the, the reigning Vesna Trophy winner. For everybody out there in Western Canada that would have been hearing on the Hockey Name Canada broadcast and Sportsnet broadcast, 
Um, and even on the TSN games, you would have been hearing that Connor Hellebuck said, I'm wrapping up. I'm feeling good. I'm wrapping up. My game's trending in the right direction. I thought he was sensational yesterday. He was outstanding. Just spot on. He battled a few. He fought a few off, but sometimes you have to do that. So clearly he was the first star of the game, no question. I think here's one thing for me that was more concerning than everything than anything, excuse me, is I love the second period from the oil. I thought that was their best period of the game, of course, that they outshot they outshot them sixteen eight, I believe, in the second period. But yep. that first that first period, I expected the oil to come out spitting fire. Me too. To come out and blitz them. And I don't think that any other Oiler fan feels differently than that. I thought they were going to come out off the hop and pepper Connor Hellebuck with about a 15 or 20 spot in terms of shots in the first period, and they were held to only six. Yeah, they had a they had a very soft start to last night's game, real mm-hmm. feeling out process. So that concerned me. It is a best of seven, not a best of one. I know Edmonton can play better. Winnipeg had a couple key players out. I know Winnipeg can play better. One thing that concerns me with the Jets, Kevin, a bit is to me the Jets are a team that runs on a little bit of emotion. You know what I mean? Like Dave Tippett's really Dave Dave Tippett's a really even keel coach. To me, we've seen the Jets have some emotional swings over the last few seasons. No question. I think that's and sometimes that emotion that emotion's always good, especially when you harness it in the right ways. But when you don't, then it can come back to bite you, right? So I think one story for, for Winnipeg, and, and we talked about this in previewing the series on the NHL Network, I said this, is since they left Atlanta and returned for the Jets 2.0, one thing that's, that plagues their team when they're not at their best is needless penalties. And that's one thing that, that, can, that can really really undermine the skill and the talent that they have in their lineup. So, look, at the end of the day, no penalties in the first period, no penalties in the third period, and Stastny had that one penalty in the second. Like, it was as clean a game as you're going to find. Yep. I mean, I think that, that that benefits the Jets. And, again, if you're, the, if you're the oil and you're using that speed and skill to your advantage, you're going to force the Jets to have to take some penalties. Because, remember, this Jets team is this full bear now. They've got everybody. Everybody's back in the lineup. Shifley's going. Blake Wheeler's back. Um, obviously, Nikolai Ehlers. You, you have your, your pieces that are there. I think the biggest thing for the oil is to force. They have to impose their will on Winnipeg and it can't just be Connor and or Leon but in saying that I want to see more from those guys in game two yeah. we didn't see yeah I'm nobody's expecting Connor to have three points tonight every game I mean that's video game like but I thought that Connor and Leon they have another two to three levels in their game that's the best way to say it we had we had you know uh, some pundits out there criticize McDavid and Drysdale last year after Edmonton got eliminated by Chicago yeah and yep. all I could think of is they had eight goals in four games between the two of them, and they were plus in the series. The problem wasn't right. one when they were like in that. You know, some guys. Oh, yep. Jonathan Jonathan Taze schooled those guys, and I'm like, well, actually, the Oilers should have had a higher goal differential than they did, and it ended up 16-14 in the series. Goals four for Chicago, and they got the, the you know they got the deciding goals. Like to me. I, I look at Edmonton's depth, and that is, and I think it's going to get addressed this summer with some cap space. But it's still a yep. concern. And you know, playoffs in playoffs, they don't call as many penalties. Uh, and I don't, I'm not blaming last night's game. Let's that, establish this right now. They only called one. I think now that there's fans down in the states, they're calling more because I think officials get caught up in the game when there's fans, and it's a completely sure. different experience in the building. But, but you know what, Edmonton's game. 
they're going to have to, you nailed it, they're going to have to push it and force the issue more, which may mean trading off a couple more chances once in a while in terms of when you're pushing for that surge. You know what I'm saying? Of course. And I mean, a lot of that comes from the forecheck too, right? Like, you know, you got to get in and get that forecheck. I was just at lunch with a former teammate of mine who's coach, head coach in the KHL. He played in the NHL too, Dave Nemiroski. He was talking about his team in the KHL and what he likes in Tampa and the fact that they often get two four-checkers in. You know, F1 and F2, forward number one, forward two, and on the four-check, yeah. instead of being conservative and having F1 with a with more of a conservative F2 and your high guy, your third guy high. I mean, I, I think, look, if the Oil get their four-check game going, which is important, you and I both know how, how lethal their power play is. It's absolutely lethal. It's almost surgical, the Oil's power play. So you're going to generate a lot more calls, especially to your point in the fact that there's no fans in the building. So your speed and your intensity and the physicality are going to, are going to be what generates those power play opportunities for them. And they have to do a better job of using those to their advantage. Because, listen, again, this Jets team, they've got a lot of really good pieces. You could look at the standings, and a lot of people are going to say, okay, well, here's where the Jets finished. Here's where the oil finished. This is the year that Connor had, which is historic. This is the year that Leon had, which was amazing. Tyson Berry leading the league in points by defenseman. Darnell, I think, Norris Trophy finalist. All the rest of it, I, I, you can't take this team lightly. I played for Paul Maurice. We got to a Stanley Cup final under him. I know the way Paul coaches. You can't overlook this Winnipeg team by just by way of entitlement. You've got to go out there. You got to bang on every shift. You've got to get the four check going. You have to play a pressure game, and and I definitely think, as much as I said, I think Connor and Leon have another two, three gears in their game or levels. I think the Oil in general, and I don't think there's one Oiler fan that would say yesterday was probably, albeit it was very good defensively, but from an offensive standpoint and a speed and, and, and puck pressure, it was probably a C game for them, or maybe yeah. a B minus game for the Oil yesterday. All right, switching focus. I got to ask you about this because you know the Florida Panthers organization well. Um, they, uh, to me, they don't play with a lot of like, and maybe it's just the way they're built. They, they, like they don't play with a lot of structure and process in their game. They're up, they're, uh, they're they're pressing the play. But what the hell is going on with like? I like I like I like Dreger. I got time to. He's going to be a pending UFA. Are you surprised they're going back to him again? You signed Bobrovsky to like a seventy million dollar deal, Kevin. Yeah, listen, full full disclosure, uh, Bobrovsky and I have the same agent. I've had my agent for 20-something years since I was, yeah, literally 23 years or so. Paul Stefanis out of New York, who also reps Bobrovsky. So I just want to be, but in being objective and being the, the president, platinum card-bearing member of the goalie union, for all the goalies that are tuned in listening to, and the goalie lovers, and even you goalie haters, I would say this. I thought Bobrovsky played really well in game one. If anything... Vasilevsky, who's the best goalie on the planet, didn't have his A game in game one. I thought Bobrovsky made a lot of big saves, and you nailed it, Stoff. Florida was loose. They were loose in that game, game one. Very fast and very loose. And listen, they don't have a lot of guys that have a wealth of playoff experience in their team. It's the first time down in South Florida in a long time that the team has been this good. They had an amazing season. They closed the gap on Tampa in the regular season. However... Come on, man. You just said it. If you're going to play fast and loose against Tampa, even though Florida can score a ton too, you don't want to be giving up a ton to Tampa. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's not that you have to play chess all game, 
you want to get to your game because Florida does have a lot of really elite skill at Barkov and Huberdeau and these players. Sam Bennett's been like a man possessed since he's gone there too, by the way. But all things being equal, that decision, I didn't agree with that decision. And I don't agree with that decision. I thought Bobrovsky should have had the start last night and or game two, sorry. And, and rather, if that were the case, and then you're trying to go to Drieger for game three, maybe. But Bobrovsky kept them in that game. He made a lot of point-blank saves. They were sloppy in game one. They were tighter last game. But here's what's, the, here's what's not being said, and I'll say it for the purpose. It's your show because I trust you. <laughs> One thing I know about Q, Coach Quenville, who's the second winningest coach all time, yeah. I disagree with this decision. You and I both have talked about Drieger numerous times. I'm a huge Drieger fan as well. Don't get me wrong. And we've given him his due. Yep. The only thing that I'm going to say is I know on good authority that Coach Quenville likes big goalies. Sorry, yep. loves big goalies. Right. And Drieger looked very big in the net, and I don't know if that's more comfort food for Coach Q, but I know he loves big goalies. I know that for a fact. So I don't know if that's something that factors into his mindset. I like Drieger so much, I'd have an absolute, complete confidence if the Oilers brought Mike Smith back. It's going to cost them more than they got him this year because he's had a pretty good year, and it is a meritocracy. If they brought Mike yep. Smith back, I think Drieger would be the perfect guy to come in here as a UFA, just to set the record straight. 100%. Yeah, like, totally. That, I mean, said, just... that said, you spent a ton of money on Bobrovsky and people say well he's no good in the playoffs I'm like two years ago he helped and I know John Torella coaches a defensive hard tough system but he had a 932 save percentage in a four game sweep against Tampa Bay when they won 60 games in the season like come on this is a guy who beat Tampa head to head thank you thank you but you know what though you know what stuff I love the passion because I can tell you it's funny how people have on demand amnesia when it's convenient, convenient on-demand amnesia. So, you know, a lot of times people aren't looking at that objectively. And listen, at the end of the day, as you said, you signed Bob to that deal. Believe me, I knew when that deal was going down, you know, indirectly through my agent. I saw the deal. Florida's put themselves in an amazing position, right? you got Bobrovsky, okay? you got Drieger, okay? Spencer Knight, who we saw in the World Juniors for Team USA head-to-head against Devin Levi. Well, they have both of them. Devin Levi for Team Canada, and Spencer Knight. I'll be at Spencer Knight up with the big club now. They have yeah. Sam Montembeau. They've got five goalies, four of five in the organization that have played in the NHL. So, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're sitting pocket aces right now. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know, man. I, 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 Bobrovsky definitely would have played that last game for me. And the fact that it's become this much of a question, I mean, if, if you're Sergei Bobrovsky, you love everything about being down in Florida. It's, it's amazing. It's sweet. There's a lot to love, but, and the team's excellent. But I don't know. If this is kind of the way it is, then maybe they're, they're putting their cards on the table, and maybe you have to be, once the season's over, you have to be open to other opportunities, maybe. All right. Explain to us, from your perspective, what do you think happened on the game-winning mm-hmm. goal that Boston scored last night, the play between Samsonov and Justin Schultz? As a goaltender, what do you think happened there? I just think there was a part of indecision on behalf of Samsonov, a bit of a brain cramp and miscommunication. Really, it's what it comes down to. Is that more on the goalie or more on the D? That's more on the goalie for me. And I know that feeling. I know sometimes when you get out of the net or you're going to make a play and you're thinking and you're thinking and you're thinking, uh, should I? It's almost like, should I, shouldn't I? Should I? Eeny, meeny, miny. Uh, oh, no, okay. I got caught by the toe, pucks in the net. It's a bad, it's a bad feeling. I, I'm telling you, I can remember goals scored on me 
not in playoff, but I can remember goals that, that I let in with, with some of those types of similar situations. I had one, there's a few, but there's one specifically I remember in Tampa when Corey Stillman was still playing for Tampa, I was playing for Carolina. And it was a fake hard around, and I told the D I was going to get it. And I literally jumped out of the net to go behind the net to stop the hard around. And Corey Stillman was over by the penalty box in Tampa. And he had his head down and his shoulders like he was going to dump it in. And he literally just shot crossbody into the empty net. <laughs> literally. And I was already in the corner, and I tried to double back and jump back to the net. And it was my read because I told the D I had it because I thought it was going to be a hard around. So I know the feeling when, when you're in between, you get caught in between and you're a little bit indecisive, the game comes at you so quickly. And usually you gotta, you got to, I mean, you got to live with your instincts and your reads, right? That's why you're in the league. You're one of the best in the world at what you do. And in the event, just for a split second, if you're kind of like, uh, 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 usually it doesn't go well. <laughs> it sounds weird, but just to try to characterize it for the fans, but it, it, that little indecision usually costs you in the wrong way. You know who was good on that fake dump in? Former Alberta Golden Bear, uh, tough guy in the NHL, Brent Severin. He didn't score a lot of goals. Oh, Sebi? I played with Sebi too. He used to, he used to use that play where he'd fake the hard rim and then he'd, and end up putting it to the goal and catch the goaltender, uh, leaving a little bit early. All right. Final one for you. And I, you know, Kevin Weeks joining us from the NHL network, Nazem Kadri. I picked Toronto to, to beat Boston yeah. in the playoffs in 2019. I still maintain if he doesn't take himself out of that series, they win that series. You could have yeah. maybe argued they might have been able to win the series the year before when he got involved. So two years in a row, this is not yeah. a good situation for him after what happened last night with Justin Falk, is it? No, I mean, listen, I, I've gotten to know Naz back home in Toronto. You know, He came to the league and played in the league and see him out socially in the rink and stuff. It's so hard because he he is such a good player and a unique player in today's game because he can play in the top six, he makes plays, but he still has a bite to him, as you see, and he can still fight and punch your lights out for a smaller player. So, But then, I don't know, he gets caught up in the emotion of the game, and then there are plays like this that happen, and I'm like, oh. Like, if I played with him, again, I know him well enough if I see him, but I'd be like, man... If I were a teammate like Naz, we need you. We would even we would even love you to even dial back, which I love the physicality. Believe me, but uh, dial back your physicality fifteen percent, and you could still be hard on pucks. You could still finish yeah. guys in the boards, but just because his his max usually goes over the red line, like yeah. you know yeah. what I mean. Like yeah. he'll usually go over the line. So give us eighty five percent the physicality column. And you're still going to be a huge player for us because that way you'll be around. <laughs> you're going to be in the lineup. But once yeah. he goes, you know what, to the wall, then usually it goes the wrong way. And unfortunately, that happened to him last night again. So, listen, he's not the victim here. He was the hitter. Um, you hope that Justin Falk is okay because that looked yeah. really scary at the time. So we, we hope that Justin Falk's okay. But it, it's a tough one for Nazem Kadri because he does bring that, that dimension, that different dimension to the group. But unfortunately, he just... He colors outside the line sometimes, and unfortunately, this is another one of those instances. I think well, he's had five previous suspensions. Yeah, and I mean, five times, gonna, right? Five times. They're going to get past St. Louis. They're better than St. Louis. Vegas, yeah. they got the flower, and you know what? If he's Vegas has got a big, tough team, and he can answer some right. of that. So he's got to pray the suspension doesn't take carry into the Vegas series, because if it does, that could be, like, Colorado's good, but that could be the difference right. there. 
Awesome right. stuff. Ke- hey, Kevin, awesome stuff. Love having you on the show. We'll do it again next week, my man, okay? Thanks so much, Stoff. I appreciate you, man, and thanks to all the uh, the fans out there in Alberta. Hope everybody's staying healthy and safe, and hopefully we can get some fans back in the building because you see how sweet it is down here. Hopefully you can get some fans. I know Montreal has an ordinance to allow 2,500, I believe, 2,500 fans, I think, if for they, game six, if that gets yeah. to game six. But, yeah. Stoff, you're the, listen, Stoff, look, before you let me go, yeah, you're one of the unofficial mayors out there. Pull some strings. <laughs> What's going on out there? Come on, bro. you got to uh, represent. Pull some strings. And get some fans into that amazing building out there uh, in Edmonton and E-Town. Oh, Come on, make it happen. You know people. Uh, it's devastating not to have the fans there. Just, the, the, you oh. know, like, like there's oh. such, the, you know what? The Oilers fans are knowledgeable. They know their stuff. They're, they're totally. committed. They, a lot of them research harder than some of the media people do in terms of looking for <laughs> totally. information. But, the, you True. know, uh, it's just, you know, come playoff time, they get dialed all in, man. There's no in-between. Totally. So. Pull some strings, man. Come on. Count <laughs> <Right>. on you. <laughs> All right, Kevin. Awesome stuff. All right. All right, my man. Thanks for having me, as always. You bet. Kevin Weeks uh, for Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication, and solar. We quickly go into your Oilers Now prospect report brought to you by Scott Arthur Millwork and Cabinetry. Uh, legacy of excellence. Make your new home a dream home or custom renovation a reality. Visit scottarthurmillwork.com today. And today we look at Golden. Oh. That's not good. We look at goaltender Jesper Wallstadt. He is a six foot three and a half inch, uh, two hundred and fifteen pound uh, goaltender uh, that played this past season in Lulia in the uh, Swedish Hockey League and had a nine point zero eight goals against average, two point two three goals against average. That is the top uh, league in Sweden. Of course, he played in the World Juniors at Edmonton this year as well. Uh, didn't necessarily have the performance that he was looking for, but he will be going top 15 of the NHL draft coming up. Could have two goaltenders in the top 20 with Edmonton Oil King Sebastian Coase as well. Off to a global news weather traffic update at 127 with Eileen Bell. And at 135, George LaRock, our Edmonton sporting icon. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.